Hello. Oh, are you wearing a nice roll-neck jumper underneath a, um, a shirt and a cardigan? That's, um, none of those things are correct. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I am wearing a, a T-shirt because, oh. I got, because I got a little warm, which is strange uh-huh. because it's, it's quite nippy. And then I'm yeah. wearing a, a bit of technical clothing on the outside of that because, of course... Because technical... What what's the? It, I can't work out what you're wearing. You look like you've got some kind of beautiful kimono object on. Yes, and then what you're you catching is an apron. Oh, that's what I'm looking. At. <laughs> it's an apron because today is bread day. Yes, I'm in the middle of. In fact, this podcast is going to be interrupted by uh, bread timers. My episode is going to be interrupted by digesting bread because I had a little nap um, and then woke up really hungry. And there was fresh bread in the kitchen, so I just sat and ate three slices. Oh, and they thick slices. No, I didn't go too crazy, but I did put butter on each one. No, that's not mm. true. I put butter on two of them, and then I had olive oil and balsamic on another. Oh, you want just mixing up your fats a little bit? Yeah, I didn't want to go just dairy, dairy, dairy. I want to go dairy, nut based. Dairy is it nut based? Pretty, that's pretty much like uh, that's like Morse code for people putting on weight, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, um, but hey, is it nut based? No, I was just trying to work out. It's not nut based at all because I was. It's fruit. You don't squeeze the. Yeah, I was. I just had a moment where I was like, you don't squeeze the nut in the middle, and that no. would be a seed. No, you um, fruit based. It's all fruit. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. We're almost synced up, haven't we? In terms of? You know, bread making, talking oh, to each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Yeah, I did a little bread making earlier. My day's been a bit out of kilter because I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that again. Because <laughs> yeah, you heard it in a text. Yes. <laughs> this is the thing, uh, isn't it? That sometimes these conversations, um, they spring... They, well, how do I say? They spring off things we've talked about. Yeah, I I've come uh, with with um, with full hands. T- tell me about your full hands. Well, I uh, just in case I mean, we don't have anything else to talk about. Just in case, one story from Lisbon, Portugal, or Lisboa, in mm. Portuguese. Minha preferência is that how I would say? It? I think so. Anyway, you're, I'm you're, having lessons. Or, you've got lessons this afternoon. I have got lessons this afternoon. I'm very excited. Guess what's happening in Lisboa? Apparently, the uh, Camara Municipal Lisboa, or the Municipal Council of Lisbon, has passed a law that says every time a tree dies or is chopped down because it is dead, it has to be replaced with two new trees. Oh, I love that. And those two new trees have to be thought about in relationship to uh, climate change. So it can't necessarily be like for like if the reason the tree has died is because of the climate emergency. Mm, I just finished reading a book called The Tree Line by Ben Rowlands, and um, it's basically a sort of a tour of the tree line around the Arctic Circle. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to review the book here. I was much better with Bridget in the other week, but um, <laughs> it, it 
is an extraordinary book, not least because, wow, the rapidity of the movement of trees north. Running away. Running away. And they really are. And if you're a little bit, um, let's say, squeamish about uh, the climate emergency, wow. I'm trying to focus on the things that people are doing rather than the things that people aren't doing. Yeah. So, you know, Lisbon planting two trees for every tree that, that... dies and then milan has um uh, pledged to plant three million trees by 2030 Mm. and you know these feel like look active things that can be done anyway yeah no i I was um reading um the red hand files it's nick caves um he answers questions uh that people write in and these are their pithy little blog posts he writes and it's quite it's it's some of the most beautiful writing he's so inspiring but he said um he was talking about the difference between cynicism and hope and he just said that cynicism doesn't take any energy um, and then more or less that hope does, but the reward and the payoff for having hope is so extraordinary. And I just was, re- I was really moved by it, but I it did, it did, I, I think I was moved by it in part because I think it's easy for me to slip into cynicism. It feels like a very close bedfellow, uh, dangerously slow. You know, it's not, it's not, it's, you might say it's not who I would want to be. So, so the cynic is closer to the surface for you than the the hopeful, the hopeful. one. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and I think that relates to a kind of a you know a tendency towards judgment as well. You know, mm. which is um, or being quick to judge. And if I if I were to you know not that this I don't want to belabor it is that mm. I think they sort of. S- they they seem to sit quite uh, you said close to the surface right and they're just they're mm. so far there's something too easy about them there's mm. something too easy about um it, it's it's a little bit like way back at episode whatever it was talking about curiosity they seem mm. like the blunt opposite of curiosity we're complicated creatures though aren't we because i i want to i want to ask you about forgiveness which again is something that we've talked about before but I just listening to you say that you think that you are quick to judge and you, and that might be allied to cynicism. Uh, cynicism. Mm. Are you quick to forgive, do you think? I think I'm quicker to forgive others than I am myself. Uh, right. Because if, if you think about things in relationship to uh, cynicism or hope, we, we sort of set up a, a binary, don't we? As if we are either or. My experience of being of the world is that we're a little bit more muddled and muddied than that. That there are some things that I am deeply cynical about, and then there are some things that I am deeply hopeful for, and those can happen in the same day, sometimes in the same sentence. Yeah, and I think there's something, I mean, you know, if we dare we tread on midlifing um, ground, which, uh, you know, I'm kind of by asking the question here, it's dangerously close, put it that way, which is when you talk about that, do you do you get the feeling that you might be kind of stuck, that this is who you are? I think I am often stuck in how I tell myself and tell others who I am, but then I think often I surprise myself and go, oh, oh, that's not the response that I thought I was going to have, or I'm capable of stepping away from that response with more rapidity than I thought. 
Does that serve to change the sense you have of yourself, or do they just become outliers in your in the in the narrative of the of yourself or the self? Mm. I'm not sure that it's outliers. I think it might be that it just helps to complicate things. Mm. So I I I used to think of myself as a little bit like a Labrador, <laughs> in that I am quite loyal. Um. <clears throat> And that's true, but there is also a part of me that is effectively, you know, well, you're dead to me. So there's this other bit of me. It's like, oh, I'm both, aren't I? I'm I'm capable mm. of, of absolutely, you know, setting fire to bridges and walking away from them and going, that's oh, okay, I don't look back, which is not a very Labrador trait. A Labrador trait would be to just sit there and yeah, wait. be kicked and kicked and kicked. Yeah. So there is a sense mm. that I... I catch myself in those moments of articulating myself to myself or perhaps to others and then going, oh, but that's not true either, is it? Or perhaps it's not always true or perhaps it's differently true in different contexts. So that's just sort of why I was thinking about the idea of being quick to judge or or the 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 rapidity towards a, a cynical worldview mm-hmm. and then what what of forgiveness because if you're quick to judge and then you're also quick to forgive that you mean, kind of it, it, it sort of balances out doesn't it, it, it weakens does it? the yeah yeah so what you're talking about is i i'm right there with you which i think is one of the most extraordinary things about friendship and also one of the most um sad things when they because of course some friendships disappear, don't they? Mm. But there's something about friendships which I think we treat them quite differently from our our um, kind of sexual partners or, or partners, I don't know, or life partners, however you want to describe that, um, those people. And that our I, I sometimes have a feeling like the oh man, I'm gonna I'm really digging myself in a deep hole here. I sometimes think that I'm far more forgiving and open to the quirks and the contradictions of friends than I am um, with Lil, for example, you know, and I find Mm. that um, it's like my expectations are are much higher with a life partner, which I find pretty weird. I have to say, Mm. I'm not comfortable with that. Mm. That's probably how you've managed to keep people in your life for as long as you have. Yes. Which we've touched on. We haven't touched on. We've talked about before. Yeah. Yeah, that you you have people in your life that are, you know, multiple decades old. And I similarly have people in my life for many decades ago. And if I don't say that out loud, I will get an angry text message on the day that this episode drops. (laughs) So to be clear, I am well aware there are people who are constant in my life. But I think you, you do have people who go back many, many, many more years than I do. Maybe that's part of that. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I you know I, I think the thing you sent me a text earlier on today, which was um, about something I'm interested in that I've not shared, mm. and um, I I just drew a blank. But something came up, which was, and we're sort of touching it on on it here, which is I have a um, a more than passing interest in uh, Buddhist philosophy, in particular. There's a the simple idea, <laughs> simple, uh, that we are not our thoughts, mm, mm-hmm. and that that idea sustains and nourishes me like it's a koan itself, mm. you know, like it's an unanswerable question or a question that's designed to 
to um, challenge how I see the world. That particular thought, uh, or that particular idea, you might say, that we are not our thoughts, is, um, and it's it's partly interesting to me because of, um, well, I was sort of hinting at it before, which is, and also curiously on a podcast, which is the challenge to the notion of self that it um, creates. And so that that's something, and so I don't know, this might be a terrible dead end for us, but uh, that's... Um, that's something that is more than a kind of theoretical interest to me, you might say. Is it something that you could imagine living your life in more explicit dialogue with? Yes, it is, actually. Ah. Yeah, it is. And not long ago, I asked, what would it take for you to stop working? <laughs> yeah, because you, um, you had said that you, um, you'd quit your job. And I went, oh, wow. And you went, kidding. Um, and, and you said, how did it, you asked me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It what, would it, what would it take? Well, yeah, I asked, how did it feel? But um, I kind of, I want to, I also asked, what would it take for that to become a reality, that yes. statement to become a reality? And I suppose whilst I, I'm, at the moment, I'm more interested in, in you telling me what it would take to make moving towards Buddhism a reality. Wow, it's such a weird question because it concretizes something, which is something I only have to dance with, right? So it's something that mm -hmm. I dance with daily and that I can entertain like like a fantasy. Like so basically, it's like someone who's uh, who thinks of uh, one day I'll have a business, one day I'll have my own business, and I'll be you know. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. So when you ask the question, it it puts me on the spot and it makes me think that doesn't sound like me. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, and so I don't I, know how to answer the question other than it doesn't sit on, it doesn't sit right with me. But but then that's kind of what we're talking about here, the sort of idea of the perception we have of, our, of ourselves and the ways in which we are beholden to those perceptions or the way in which we're not. Because mm. I certainly didn't want to put you on the spot. I didn't want to make you feel like you were on un, like unsound territory or, or, or shifting sense. I was. I. I am just. I'm just really curious about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't feel. I, think, I, don't, I don't feel like you've put me on the spot. I feel like mm, the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, that's gone. I was going to say. I, just, I think as I get older. Well, I don't know that I can save you, but as I as I get older, as I carry on moving through life, I find myself being increasingly envious of people who have a spiritual dimension oh, in their life. That is so interesting. But at the same time, and this is that kind of that holding two things in, in your head at, uh, in, in the same moment, those people for whom faith sits in their bodies with apparent ease make me feel very uneasy, mm. which is not to suggest that I'm not also really really interested in the idea of having a spiritual dimension yeah yeah I'd, so it's yeah also i mean uh, sorry I, uh, no 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 i just you think you save me now. no it's exciting because it's um because in a way that you're seeing contradictions in others which you recognize in yourself mm. and yet we have this idea somehow that i think we have this idea that uh, faiths of some kind shouldn't there should be fewer contradictions mm. which which it seems odd 
you know, that like you suddenly become less contradictory. But yeah, I really, uh, I think what you're, what you're describing there is, is fascinating in the sense, you know, if I think about the community, the spiritual community that mum was a part of, um, and mm. so she was a Roman Catholic, although a very, as I think I've said on the show, a very, um, let's say a very liberal one. As she got older and as certainly as she was dying, that extraordinary community of uh, of the church and the way in which it supported her um, both in those last days and weeks but also after she died and there's something I, I there's I, it's it's hard for me to dismiss that and I think that's particularly important for people who don't have children but I suspect not maybe it's not any more important for people who have children um, so yeah, I can, and I so can, yeah, so I see, I, I really just, I just want to yeah, welcome that, um, that what you've just said. I really, it's really interesting to me. Mm, and it's, but I don't want to say it's not about fearing death. I don't mean it like that no, at all. But no, 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 that's yeah. not what I'm hearing. And, and, and it's, and again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm dismissive of faith-based practices or organized religions. Um, and I'm not saying that, oh, I like the the concept of it but when i see it played out in practice it's always it always lets me down i don't mean that i just um i don't know what i mean i think it's just that yeah that that contradictory nature of yeah i don't i don't know i mean it's it's also because i think it becomes tighter you know because i've a few friends um and friends of friends have died in the last year and the sort of and something happened the other day, which was we um, we went and met a friend, uh, a group of friends, as a surprise birthday party, uh, mm. and and for a person we hadn't seen since before the pandemic, and we were sitting. This was at uh, Hampstead Heath. It was quite quite convoluted as surprise things often are trying to get the person to turn up at a particular place in a particular time without being um, <laughs> alerted. Yeah, and. It was freezing and we were all huddled together and I was running up and down the hill to try and stay warm. And, and then we we got word that she was not far off. And then what happened is she saw one of us and was just like delighted and then saw another unconnected and thought. And you could see the look on her face, which was going, wow, that's amazing that those two people happened to be. And then the sort of revealing of, of all of us and the recognition of what was going on. I mean, it was beautiful 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 seeing the change in her face and then she, she burst into tears i'm telling and it was just so fantastic and i'm telling the story because uh on top of the of uh friends dying is that that slight sense of the kind of contraction which i'm assuming is going to start happening or you might say has already started happening as someone approaching my mid-50s that is, people I know dying. And so there's the kind of, the, the sort of sense of, well, who am I in community with? Because it was easy for all of us as a group of, you know, what would be 10 or 12 friends to turn up and be there. But when that starts to, let's like, say, get thinned out, <laughs> not sure about the language here, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, who, who am I in, who, who is each of us in community with? Um, and I can just imagine, you know, I, I know my grandmother remember talking about just the, about the sense of all her friends dying or having died, you know, when she was 88, 89, 90. And, you know, just the, wow, 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 wow. Hmm. I think two things uh, occur to me. The first is flippant and the second is a little bit more, um, less flippant. <laughs> 
So both are flippant. One's. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if the second one is flippant. But, uh, Go but with the flippant first and then we can... The uh, second one is more of a gift that I, I think I've been given. But the, the flippant one is that... And then maybe it's actually not flippant. Maybe it's just... Um, it, it's, it's a recognition of who I am. The idea of the surprise party fills me with such an overwhelming sense of dread. Yeah. I am not a person who wants to be confronted by people in that way. I don't like bumping into people out of context. It makes me feel incredibly anxious. Mm. It always has. Um, and so you haven't got becomes, your right. Haven't you got? You haven't got your right face on for those people, or um, you know, I'm being. Uh, no, it's no, it's 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 something much. I'll be I'll be really honest with you, Simon. I am far too selfish to spend my time with people when it hasn't been something which I have agreed to. Right. If I'm just really honest, that interruption, because I think, okay, I think in lots of ways, I think of you as quite uh, regimented and uh, and root, routinized in the sense that routinized. you live... Routinized? Yeah, that's not quite... <laughs> are, you being, are you being Antipodean? I am being that? Antipodean, yeah. I thought so. Oh, it's routinized. You... Got totally routinized <laughs> that night. <laughs> but that sense that you, you know, you, you like timers, you, liked, you like structure. We are on... Uh, we are on... <laughs> just thinking now about Trello, that thing that you, you know, you, you use to organize us, which I have to be texted to look at because that's how I, you know, that I, I don't function in the same way. And the, that, you know, the, the contradictory nature of how we understand ourselves is that, you know, I'm free floating and like easygoing and Simon's more regimented. It's not true. It's not true in the slightest. If I'm, if I'm really honest, I think I'm probably slightly, and by slightly, I mean significantly more regimented and i will give out small sections of myself to other people and if they encroach on me then then that's that i find it i find it um i don't want to overplay the word it doesn't feel like an assault but it just feels like a deep irritation Mm. it's like what the fuck are you doing walking down this street at this moment even to the point where if i bump into somebody on a walk with jeff like I did this morning, I, I bumped into a, a lovely woman called Anne, who I probably haven't seen to talk to in ooh, maybe 18 months. And I just thought, oh, Christ, I'm still halfway through my walk. I don't want to stop and have a chat. I want to carry on striding out because this is where I am. You know, that's that level of deep, deep selfishness. I, I, yeah, I mean, another way of looking at that is also that it's um, about a degree of... Um what is it? People who are uh, happy to be with other people and people who are unhappy to be, you know, what is it? What are those called? Extrovert and introvert. Yeah, maybe it's that you tend towards introver- introversion in that context, oh, in that way. I, it's and and it's one of those things that people who meet me do not believe that I'm an introvert. They're like, no, oh, yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, there's lots of lots of introverts are very are quite loudly yeah. spoken as you yeah. you know like who are. Uh, I, don't know. I know that I'm an extroverted introvert, but I know I can happily spend days without encountering people. And when I encounter people, they don't they don't energize me; they drain me. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably why I have to really gird my loins to spend time with people. And anybody who is listening to this and is thinking, "Oh, great! I've been nothing but a burden on him." I mean, how, thought has how? crossed my mind. I have to say, <laughs> that's not what I mean. Because if I've you know, if I've organized to see you, I want to spend time with you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited by it. 
but I've also apportioned a, 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 an amount of time in my head. So you definitely like people texting you, you're not phoning you. Yep, texting, not phoning is brilliant. Um, I like to be told in advance if someone's going to turn up. And I pretend that it's because, oh, I need to make sure that the house is clean. I don't really care about that. I just need to be able to prepare myself yourself. to have somebody on my doorstep. The only person who can knock on my door unbidden without making my heart sink is my next-door neighbour, Jill. Only person. Mm. Everybody else, I'll go, oh, Christ, couldn't you have texted me? I see. And so that, if that was your flippant answer. <laughs> I realised that that didn't sound flippant because it, I wanted, hmm, I think I wanted to honour the meeting that you described and honour your friend's emotion. Sure. And not just kind of, I started to be flippant about it and realised actually I don't feel flippant about it at all, that I am not her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, also I'm I, just rapidly cancelling all the plans I had for a surprise birthday party for you. This uh, I've been as you've been talking, I was texting like you know. Good. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. I know that, if you're listening, just in case you're one of the listeners who's going to be there, it's not happening. It's off. All I gone. know that. I know that's a joke, but also good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well. there is just the the only surprise. Nah, there's just no surprise that would make me anything other than drag Bob to the bathroom at some point and go, how long do we have to stay? This is your house, Lee. <laughs> you have to stay here for a long time. The the more, f- the, the not, oh, hang about, the less not flippant. flippant response, the less flippant, is actually probably much lighter. And that's thinking about your gran and saying, you know, her friend's dying. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know my mum's spreadsheet. That suggests... In, on one level, that my mum and dad have that sense of everybody dying. But mm. what, I, and this is the gift part of it, since they've moved to Portugal, they have just gained so many more friends. <laughs> and they have taught me the capacity to make new friends. And I think probably, if I'm honest, my ability to, you know, walk away from people is something I've learned from them. They have that capacity. Mm. Um, but they also have an almost infinite capacity to meet new people. Now, unlike me, people can turn up on their doorstep and they they will... My mum will always have a cake ready. Which is an extraordinary ability. But, um, yeah, I kind of... I, I think I knocked myself off course slightly because I didn't realise how serious my flippant one. response was yeah, going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I didn't know that I knew it. I just didn't know I was going to own it. It's not easy to hear you describe these things, that ability to walk away. It, in a way, you might say it poses a threat to our friendship. Mm, yeah. And I'm not asking you to make any promises here. I'm not, this is not my, not my point, uh, because, you know, who knows what happens, right? There's a, I have a certain amount of, I just want to express a little bit of um, uh, un- unease. Not judgment, <laughs> not judgment. <laughs> I know there is nothing I can say to quell that unease without doing the whole, oh, yeah, but not you, which is also, I know, not true. That's right. That's exactly right. I think I know that this... (sighs) Does it mean I'm at a deficit? Does it mean that I am... Oh, I'm... I understand that sense of unease. And I think... Or threat um, is even if it's stronger. I'm just going to repeat it. Yeah, threat is... Yeah. I think, yeah. I suppose the the reason I 
maybe shudder a little bit at the word threat is mm. that makes me feel like and I know this isn't what you mean but it makes me feel like that's an active thing I am doing to you rather than a passive thing that's the result of my no, and also <laughs> not to me to us no to us oh to us to this oh, friendship wow. mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm not sure I would t- I'm not oh well I don't I I mean, I probably would take it personally, yeah. But no, I'm thinking there's something. There's something about being in a friendship. Anyway, I'm, I guess I'm hoping you to be a Labrador. Well, this is the thing. I believe that I also have the capacity to be a Labrador as well. Mm. And that's probably the thing that I forget, is that, you know, while I might be dwelling on my ability to walk away, I also... I've lived with the same person for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, this is your I have an ability to self. abide. Yeah. 